Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Back of the Guide Shack. Today I'm talking with Kevin Conley. How's it going, Kevin? Oh, I'm doing excellent. How are you? Oh, just living the dream, brother. Uh, Just, you know, uh, have my off-season between working at SOTAR and guiding and I'm trying to get as many paddles as I can finished before I start, like, guiding almost every day. So that's been fun. Yep, the, uh, the... The clock is ticking. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, in that time frame, I'm also trying to sneak in a couple downriver trips, and I got to go out to Coloma for a swift water course, and... Yeah. It's going to be a busy month. Yeah. Well, on the other on the other hand, I... My month is wrapping down, because I'm out here living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, And the the resort closes um, April 10th. So then then, April 10th, do you guys like hang out for a couple weeks and like kind of like put everything away for the season or? Yeah. So I actually don't work for the resort anymore, but I work for a um, ski delivery company. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting scenario setup deal. It's uh, essentially instead of people going like tourists coming into Jackson uh, that don't have skis, instead of them going into like one th- one of the rental shops at the resort, they send us their information uh, prior to and <clears throat> their height, weight and like skier ability and then uh-huh. we build we build them we pack skis and boots and all that stuff based on that information and we bring it to their home oh nice so wherever they're like airbnb or wherever it is they're renting exactly so they don't even have to like leave their house hmm well, that's pretty sweet and then do you like come back and pick it up or do they just drop it off <laughs> before they leave um usually we'll go back to their house and they'll just like leave it outside their door um and we'll just go and pick it up and then at the end of the like when we put their skis on them uh they have to sign like their invoice and there's also like a prompt um where you have to put you have to press 5 10 15 or 20 percent tip or you can mm-hmm. press no tip, but like I don't know about you, but I like to tip in general, but especially when you're put on the spot like that, most people aren't don't have the audacity to press no tip, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right there at the end, you're like, all right, and I'm gonna watch. Go ahead, uh, go ahead and tip me because I just <laughs> yeah. brought you all this shit. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, (laughs) that's awesome. Some of it, like some of these, uh, let's say like for one person, you get skis and boots. That's it's like $72 a day. Let's say for a family of five, that's like $400 a day. Let's say that that family is staying for five days. That's $200 or $2,000. If they tip 20% on that, 
me and the other person are making $400 in usually what takes 30 minutes. (laughs) This sounds like a racket. (laughs) (laughs) It's absurd. Uh, I love it. And I actually uh, got turned onto this by um, Sophie, one of the fellow guides at, or Sophia, one of the fellow guides at uh, Morrison's this past summer. Nice. She was working at the one in Crested Butte and said it was sweet. And so I looked it up and there was one here in Jackson Hole and I gave it a shot and it turned out great. So is that what you've been doing all winter? Yeah. Uh, How much of that time do you get to actually go skiing? So they, they build their schedules and they also, the company is called black tie skis, shameless plug. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they also pay for my ski pass. And which is like a full ski pass, no blackout dates, no nothing. And that ski pass by itself costs $2,000. And then do they have night skiing there? So like you guys get off work and you guys just go ski all night or? Not at Jackson, but in the town, not at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, but in the town of Jackson, there's another little smaller like mom and pop resort that does have night skiing. Nice. That's, I don't know, I've always would rather go night skiing than any other time. Like, all the families are gone. It's just the people who are okay with partying. Yeah, yeah. I like night skiing. It's a good time. But to answer (laughs) your earlier question, it was, um, they build our schedules in a way where we could go ski every day if we wanted to. Um, There's a morning shift from 7.30 to 2.00. And the mountain is open from 9 to 4. Okay. So you get done at 2. You can go drive out to the village, Teton Village, um, and go ski for two hours, an hour and a half. Um, Then there's an afternoon shift, which is 2 to 9 p.m. And so on that one, you can just ski all morning and then go into work. Nice. And so it's either one of those two things. And so they make it in such a way where if I wanted to go ski every day, I could. <clears throat> but I'm getting older now, Mike. I, like, I used to ski every day. I used to love to ski every day. Now everything no, just hurts. Everything just hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that checks out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, there are things you can do to slow that down, but... Ultimately, yeah. yeah, you're getting older. It's going to start hurting more. Yeah. And especially, oh, yeah. like, in the spring, uh, like, I've been working at uh, – I used to work on at the resort on the mountain. Um, in the spring, and I've been a raft guide. I've been doing that for five years, and I've been a raft guide for – this will be my sixth year. Um, and so every spring – I start to think more towards the summer. And so the last thing I want to do is go out on the mountain and like break my leg or hurt myself in such a way where then I can't do the other, my other passion, which is rafting. 
Right. No, yeah, I've definitely reduced how much I go snowboarding pretty drastically from the time that I started rafting. Because then I was just like, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to like hurt myself and not be able to go rafting. <laughs> exactly. And especially because I had like one of the biggest rafting years of my life, like coming up this this summer. Yeah. So do you have any plans of getting on any rivers before the season starts? And do you have any trips planned during the season? Um, so I don't have any plans right now to go before the season. Um, but, you know, I'm going to be out of here April 15th. And I'm going to come up. I'm going to do a road trip around um, over to California uh, and then probably up to Oregon and then link up with all you boys. And I'm sure that we'll, we'll probably go rafting before um, our training trip, which is the first week of May. Right. Um, and then, of course, after the training trip, we'll probably go to like the Umpqua a few times and maybe the Upper Klamath and some other things like that. Um, but I don't have any hard plans uh, before the season starts. Uh, yes. During the season, I'm leaving in August. Um, and I'm finally going to go do the Grand Canyon. Oofta. The Grand Canyon in August, huh? I know. It's going to be hot. It's going to be so hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dress like some sort of Bedouin, like, I'm going to look like one of the sand people from Star Wars. <laughs> Just like big, like clothes draped all over you. Yep, exactly. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, what are you looking forward to most in the, the next guide season? Oh, man. Uh, well, this year, I, last year I was mainly doing a lot of baggage boating, which is uh, just taking an 18 foot boat down, um, along with the gear boater on trips that were more than 15 people, um, and like kind of following them and like learning in their footsteps. Um, and, but this year I'm going to be, uh, strictly gear boating. Um, nice. And that's what I really like to do. You know, you're out in the morning by yourself don't have to deal with any customers Uh, there's a lot of there's just like a lot of different challenges that a gear boater faces rather than like let's say somebody that like a trip leader or somebody that has to or like even a regular guide that has to deal with customers that makes sense it's like dealing with customers is like a challenge and it's hard sometimes like and it can be, and it, it can, can be, be. E- it can be easy. I say there's also days where, man, it's just, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's like, you just hop in the boat and the people are just chill and willing to have crazy conversation with you. Uh, and then yeah. you have days where like, you're just dealing with wet blankets and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. You're just like a serial fun sucker and you got in my boat. Yeah. And you <laughs> just, you're just trying to have a good time and people just don't. 
want to talk or they're having a fight or there's and so yeah but there's you know it's always like in most professions um you you kind of remember the bad ones kind of stick with you but they're not they're usually a little bit few and further between then there's a lot more good people than bad people it's just unfortunate that like you tend to remember the the bad people. Yeah, well, usually it's like with the bad people, you just have all these, like, what the fuck moments. <laughs> and, like, you can't forget that. Because you're just like, yeah, it just, like, kept happening. They just kept <laughs> doing this thing that everyone had agreed was not cool. Yeah. And then, like, you can't help but remember that. Versus, like, oh, yeah, we had this great trip and you're like oh who was on it and you're like oh you know that's a really good question (laughs) exactly it was a good trip though yeah (laughs) i had a great time i I, at (laughs) no point i can't think of a single bad point of the trip so it must have been good yeah what uh and you know as always um i'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys all my friends um again and like reconnecting with the family and the Morrison boys. Oh yeah, the Morrisons. Uh, they did a little bit of work down there at the guide camp. Uh, I I heard about this. I think they put in another like set of showers, maybe, and another bathroom. Um, and then they like set up a couple more platforms for like bigger tents. That's exciting. Yeah, they didn't get any more trailers though. Yeah, they should, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got that one that is sitting in the day trip warehouse that could that could be over there uh, and not, like, in the middle of where all of day trip operates out of. <laughs> <laughs> right, right in the way. Just, just right in the way. Like, it couldn't be more in the way than where it's at. You're just like, all right, well, whatever. I'm not in charge. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I don't run the circus. These aren't my clowns. If I was making the decisions around <laughs> here, this would not be here. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, of course, um, like with that being said about seeing all like the people that we love so much, um, uh, the training trip, of course. Um, oh yeah it's gonna be a very good time i'm very interested to see how what the scene is gonna be this year yeah rumor has it we have like four or five paddle guides showing up who are this is gonna be the year that they learn how to row a boat so that ought to be fun (laughs) we'll have another all tacked up bigger than shit in the middle of (laughs) dulog oh lord (laughs) <laughs> what what are you looking forward to this summer oh man um this summer i think i'm doing one downriver trip a week um nice. and i don't know i'm just kind of looking forward to like kind of getting to know some of the downriver guides a little bit better that i don't know 
I mean, I've been pretty much working the nugget and day trip section for the last three years and only would go down into the canyon like two, maybe three times a month max. So I didn't really or get when, to know anybody. Or when uh, people wouldn't show up for their trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's those kinds of trips, too, where you get called really early in the morning and they're like, so-and-so didn't show up. Can you come work? <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not cool, cool, cool. Not cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'll be there in like 30 minutes. <laughs> I got to pack a downriver bag real quick. I got to wake up and drink some coffee, but <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. It's exciting. I love it. Uh, but no, this year I'll actually be on the schedule. And so kind of getting to work with the same group of people on a pretty regular basis, I would imagine, which would be pretty fun. Um, if I get to do any lodge trips, I'm really looking forward to like a wild and suited. I got this purple tux with like light purple pinstriping on it. It is fucking banging. Oh, man. Yeah. And then I also got my dandy Dukes and my favorite Crystal Gale shirt. Ooh, that matched up with a set of cowboy boots. Whoo-wee. That pearl snap. Oh yeah, I mean you gotta have a pearl snap. Yes, you have to. <laughs> so also, I just wanted to like let you know that um, tomorrow is like one of the biggest days here in Jackson. Um, April Fool's Day. Yes, we call it <laughs> we we call it Gaper Day here. Gaper and, Day, okay. Yeah, you know what a gaper is, right? No, tell me what a gaper is. Uh, it's like somebody, some asshole tourist that like comes and is just like falling all over the place. It comes from when you have your helmet on and then you put your goggles on, and your goggles don't meet the top of your helmet. Oh and yeah, you have that gap in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just that's a great way to identify uh, a gaper. Um, <laughs> and so on April Fool's Day, everybody dresses up as a gaper, and so everybody's wearing these ridiculous costumes, uh, doing illicit su- illicit substances. <laughs> um, yeah. And- around and there's this huge party up like 4,000 feet up on the mountain and it is an all day thing and it's like the craziest day of the year so that's is that kind of like your guys' like, like end of the year party before people start disappearing yes exactly nice yeah, that sounds so like fun it's something I'm looking forward to greatly. Um, I think my first year, three years ago, uh, I was a raft guide. And so <laughs> I put my skis on. I wore my uh, my PFD. I had a, like, waist throw bag, hip belt. And I had, like, two paddles that I used as poles. <laughs> what are you dressing up for this year? Or dressing uh, up as? I don't have, like, a specific theme that I'm dressing up as, but I bought these, like, really 
these tights, which are, I mean, it's in the name, they're tight. And, uh, <laughs> and they have these like really cool flowers on them. They're pretty trippy. Um, and then I have a whole bunch of different tops that I think I'm just going to like change out through, throughout the day. Oh, nice. Um, so every time I, people see you, you're wearing something different. Exactly. I like it. And so I think I'm going to be, and I went to a thrift store today and I bought this, uh, vest that looks like typical grandma's quilt um, okay it's like a patchwork vest um and it's super tight and like very small and so i will probably end up breaking it tomorrow but i mean it's hard saying not knowing exactly it was five dollars give her hell <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's five dollars well spent to yeah. watch you like bust all the buttons off this fucking vest. And then I bought this infinity scarf, this pink like infinity scarf for a dollar. Uh, nice. That I'm actually that's gonna come in handy on the rogue. I know, and even the vest and the tights, like my whole getup is like gonna really go well with my rogue getup. It's very transferable. Exactly. And I love transference. Well, how long are you going to be doing that Grand Canyon trip? Uh, so it's during the commercial season of the Grand Canyon, um, which I actually don't know the dates are for what that season is. Uh, but I assume it's like, it's like the beginning of, of May. Three, yeah, spring to fall. Um Maybe a little longer because it is very hot down there. The weather is very nice. Um, but during that time, you can only the they'll only let you um, go for sixteen days. So we're we're doing sixteen days with sixteen now, people. Sixteen days to which takeout? Um, I think we're going uh, from Lee's Ferry to. Uh, Pierce. Yeah, I think Lee's, Lee's to Pierce, I think, so, is where we're going. From what I understand, it's like once you – there's another takeout higher up. Yeah, Diamond that, Creek. Yeah, Diamond Creek. And if you take – you have 16 days to make it to Diamond Creek. And okay. If, so, like, you can tack on another two days if you just float past Diamond Creek. Um, so then you can have 18 days total, but it all depends on what your group's doing. Yeah. And this was supposed a... to like stay together. Yeah. I don't think they they don't really want you like some people to take out a diamond and some yeah. people to continue, but I really know how it's going to all go because this is my first time down the Grand Canyon. Uh, hopefully first, a, a few, are you guys just uh, renting boats, or are you going to be bringing your own boats? Yeah, so we're going to rent through um, REO Canyon, not REO okay. Speedwagon, but, you know. No, 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 not REO Speedwagon. That's a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're renting boats, 
and they're going to do we're like doing their premium package or something where they do like all the shuttle all the food all the boats and like all that kind of stuff Uh, so basically you guys just show up with your personal gear and dry bags toss it in these pre-built boats for you and just hammer down exactly and you got to bring beer i think yeah, beer, and if you were to indulge in uh, other things, then you need to bring those as well. No, yeah, that would check out. It'd be really hard to get your hands on them once you're down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not maybe a lot they're... of commerce going on down in the canyon, from what I hear. Yeah, I from what I hear, it's pretty uh, desolate down there. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a term for it. Um, there is one spot that has like the pack mules. That you can pull off, and there's like a little store that they get everything pack muled in and out, yeah. and you can send a like a postcard to somebody from the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's called the Phantom Ranch. Yeah, that is what it's called, the Phantom Ranch. Thank you. Yeah, um, I actually received a postcard um, from a friend a few years back um, from Phantom Ranch. And the person who I'm speaking of is actually just launched on a Grand Canyon trip, uh, I think, two two days ago, yesterday. Oh, nice. Say, so this is like the weather that you want to do it in because it's like not super hot yet and it's not cold. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, don't know, I might be doing a Hell's Canyon trip the beginning of June. We're going to see how that plays out. Down the old snake? Yep. Yep. Apparently it's pretty chill. Uh, There's like one day where you got to run two class fours, and then it's like mostly class two with some class threes mixed in. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a really nice, like five or six days on the water. That sounds fantastic. I've never done Hell's Canyon, but... It's definitely on my list. Yeah. I had a buddy that picked up a permit and asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, well, I did always want to run the section of the river that you have to play in that uh, Oregon Trail game. You know, you had to, like, build your raft and, like, float the raft down the river at the very end. Ah, was that supposed to be through Hell's Canyon? It's on the snake. You had to float through, and I would imagine it's Hell's Canyon. I mean, did you see all the rapids that you had to run in that game? It was like logs, cows, rock, rock, logs, cows. I don't know why there were so many cows. Yeah, what? Like, why are all the cows (laughs) doing in the bottom of a canyon? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Once they get down there, I would imagine it's really difficult (laughs) for them to get back up. I mean, the walls looked pretty steep. (laughs) That seems like a... Pretty treacherous terrain for a cow. No, that checks out. <laughs> Maybe they came in when it was not quite canyony, and they just wanted to do a little float. Oh no, and, that uh, makes sense. Well, maybe when, it was hot. Yeah, you know, it was like middle of summer, and the cows were like, "Man, it sure is hot out here. We should go for like a little, little, little drinking float." You know? Yeah, and then they get out, and they're like, "Oh fuck!" And then. <laughs> And then they're stuck. Yeah, and then they're just stuck down the bottom of the canyon. What can you do? 
Uh, <laughs> that no, must I, have been. There's no other explanation. That had to be what happened. I mean, it makes perfect logical sense. Like if you really sit down and think about it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 uh, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you're gonna try to get back here. Like around the twenty second, you think? Of April? Yeah. Yeah. I think so that sounds good. I think we're doing the Rogue River cleanup. Uh the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth, where we're just gonna go down through and any trash we come across, we're gonna try to get it all out of the rogue canyon there in the wild and scenic section. Uh, before the guiding season starts. And is that like a <clears throat> like a sanctioned event by the uh like national like uh I don't know. Or like is it just the Morrison crew that does that or No, I mean there's a whole bunch of people that do it. Um it's just kinda like I think it's Earth Day is the day that we launch. And it's just, you know, everybody that doesn't want there to be trash down in the canyon. Like, you know, when you're floating by and there's, like, hats and shirts and stuff just, like, lodged in all the trees from the last flood. Yeah. You try to go through and pull all that shit out of there. So that way it seems less trashy when we take guests down there. Yeah. It's Uh, also nice just to get all that stuff out. Totally. And is there, like, when it does flood, like, is there a lot of stuff like that that gets, like, washed down there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you imagine all the side creeks and all the river and every, all land along the side of that. People just leave things down by the river all the time. Like, yeah. there's somebody up by the Nugget Powerhouse section that I floated past their place probably mid-December and all of their like summer sitting by the river stuff was all sitting right where it was all summer long and you're like okay well that's only like four feet from the river so if it floods at all all of this stuff is getting washed downstream yeah (laughs) and then as the water goes down stuff is just getting stuck in all the trees and bushes and stuff that are on the sides of the river. And totally. uh, I don't know. Usually we get a couple few trash bags per boat every year. So well, that's awesome. I'm obviously very stoked that like people are doing that. And like, <clears throat> I think now that I know that when that trip is launching, I would love to do that. Because uh, I'm actually coming up with a, a buddy of mine that I used to work with in Wyoming. Um, he's like one of my oldest friends. His name is Blake. Um, and we've traveled all around the world uh, together. And so he's going to come uh, work with us this summer. Um, and so we're going to con- – he's in – Idaho Falls, and uh-huh. so I'm going to pick, or we're going to convoy up together, and we didn't really have a plan, 
But, like, now that I know that was launching on that date, we might try and shoot to get there so that we can go on that trip. Hell, yeah. The more the merrier. And we'll have, like, duckies and stuff so people can be, like, paddling around and getting shit out of the stuff and just, like, have one big raft sitting and let everybody bring everything to that raft instead of making it row over all the eddies. And It's, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. It's like the pre-training, training, training trip. Yes. And isn't there, is there talk of a post-training trip? Yeah, well, in order for the newbies to understand what a turn and burn feels like, it only makes sense that you would take them on a training trip and then make them do a turn and burn onto another training trip. Yeah, I really like that idea. Um, oh, me too. And it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why everybody doesn't do it like that. Yeah, especially because, like, the first time when I did a turn and burn, you get back, you de-rig your boats, like, from the stuff that you don't, that, like, you have to take off, like, coolers and things like that. Then you have to repack it all that night. Yeah. And then get anything you need like beer or anything and then you're leaving the next morning isn't it fun yeah it's great it's great it's <laughs> it's fine it's all fine well if it makes you feel any better they're consolidating some stuff so that way you guys don't have to like drive all over the property to get a pack sorted out oh yeah um, yeah, I believe it's just going to be like one person has to go over with the dry boxes and the cooler. Or no, yeah, you go over with the dry boxes because you do the coolers in the morning. Um, and just fill the dry boxes and take those back and then you're done. Oh, that'll be so much nicer. Yeah, instead of having to go to like three or four different locations to <laughs> do your pack. Which I mean, yeah. granted, it's, it's not like they're far away, but it is a lot harder for somebody to like run over, get in their vehicle, drive somewhere versus like it's right there. Just run across the parking lot. And you know, like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I think we made a, a large deal out of it because we were all tired and all that stuff. But the one thing that it does do, it just takes time, you know, like it just makes yeah. your, your pack take, so much longer when like time is like probably your most valuable friend when you're like on a turn and burn because you have to go out and spend time on the river with customers the next day yeah you're right back at it you're back in the saddle again as they would say exactly <laughs> so the last thing you want to do is like spend an extra 45 minutes just because you had to go drive around all these to all these places. That checks out. Well, then you also have, like, sometimes it takes two people to do something, but you don't really need that person for the whole time. And if that building was right there next to the other building, you could just, like, walk in there, help them, and then when they're done helping them, just leave instead of having yeah. to wait for them to be ready to go back over to the other side of the property. Yeah, so, I think it's going to make everything's things a lot, be a lot more efficient. Yeah, which is great. I love efficiency. I'm a big fan. 
big i'm big into the whole efficiency thing yeah turns out well, that uh, it's sweet it is it well right and as it turns out it it allows you to be lazier which which I i'm think into as a river guide most of us are into right it's like oh less work oh i can get behind that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you got anything else you want to talk about, Kevin? Yeah, did you? I heard rumblings of a that you and some other people went down the the Rogue Canyon at uh, very high water. I'd love to hear about a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. So it was at about ten thousand uh, in Grants Pass. And it was like between twenty five and thirty thousand in Agnes. Wow. And uh man, the it just creates these incredible rollers all over the place. Like upper black bar, you take the far left side and there's just these beautiful like ten foot rollers and the whole boat is just riding these big roller coaster like waves. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, well, so recap the trip real quick. We got all excited and me and JB paddled out and like kind of took off downstream. And as we got to rainy, he wanted to scout and I was like, nah, we don't need to scout. It's washed out. Um, everybody else pulled over and scouted and we continued on down into it. And, uh, <laughs> nothing bad happened i mean it was just like i don't know it was like four waves that were pretty decent sized i mean i wouldn't want to swim there because the boils were pretty insane but as far as like running the raft through it it wasn't too crazy um so then we keep going throughout the day it uh, the total day we went from graves creek all the way to cougar lane and it took about seven hours Wow. Um, and that was with the two scouts because everybody pulled over and scouted Rainy, and then everybody pulled over and scouted Blossom, except for me and JB. <laughs> and uh, so we come into Blossom, and JB's like, we're not going to scout it. We're just going to send it. And I was like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> can we just, like, jump in this eddy, and we'll wait. And he's like, no, we're going. And I was like, um, okay. Uh, this isn't really how I wanted to do this, but sure, whatever. I guess, I mean, I did it to him earlier, so yeah, you just got to commit. And we got in there, and everything was going great. We were having a great time. And then we, like, rolled over the horizon line of Volkswagen Hole. Oh, and, God. like, we were going downstream, and then we were going left. Like it just sucked the raft over a little bit, and then we weren't at the right angle. And uh, and then I swam Blossom at high water a second time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then we swam. So yeah, we're swimming. We're looking around, and it's like, well, the boat. I'm not making it back to the boat. Fuck that boat. I need to get out of the current because Devil Staircase is brutal uh at high water like <laughs> you, it just sucks you under at every single wave and like the last time i swam that section 
I almost blacked out like right before I got out of the current. I was just kept getting fucking chundered. Yeah. So I was like, get just get left. We just got to get left. We got to get into Celebration Eddy. If we can get in there, we're going to be fine. So we make it into Celebration Eddy. Uh, JB gets like a little bit closer towards the point of where the top of Celebration Eddy is. And so everybody's like doing their scout. And they look downstream and Joshua Blue's sitting on the point right there at Celebration Eddy. So they're all under the impression that we have ran it clean. <laughs> And are now setting safety for them. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And like I'm on the inside of Celebration Eddie, so nobody can see me. I'm just like hanging out in there trying to catch my breath. And like, all right, well, now we just have to wait for somebody else in the boat to come get us. Like, you know, it seems like this could have been done so much better. Like, it wouldn't have been so bad if like another boat was downstream of us or like they knew that we had even swam. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So then after that, uh, we waited for them to come around the corner and the looks on a couple of the people's faces was pretty priceless. Like it was the stages of realization because they came around the corner and they were like, wait, there's no boat. (laughs) But you're here where's the boat and we're like the boat's gone there is no boat it's it's see you later the river is pumping it to the ocean as we speak and it has a lot of my things in it so i really appreciate if we could catch back up with it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we jumped in and i jumped on a couple different people's rafts and floated down until we started finding all of our things uh major mike had lost some oars so we were getting the oars back i had lost my paddle found that and then we got down to half moon bar beach and there's this just crazy hydraulic right there at the top of half moon bar beach and it was just holding the raft so we came in grabbed the raft (laughs) flipped it over all our stuff was still in it so like uh that was lucky yeah Nobody got hurt. Everybody was alive, and we all did okay. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely something to do. Uh, I would say that <laughs> that Volkswagen hole is probably the biggest hole. It's one of the biggest holes I've ever seen, for sure. I would say it's like right up there with like the ledge hole at lava, but it's shaped a little bit differently, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's a wild one. And then Huggins Canyon gets crazy. Like, there's just these huge rollers in there. And, uh, I don't know, the whole canyon takes, like, a whole new feel to it. And it's also just, it's a day trip at that point. Which is wild. Rogue. Yeah. Yeah. When we floated through Mule Creek, we were sitting, like, less than a foot from the top of the canyon. Wow. We're, just look, we're like, oh, we're at the top of the canyon. That's fun. <laughs> I can't even imagine, like, higher than that. Like, what happens to the water when it comes into those constricted locations? I don't know. I want to try it, though. I want to just, like, keep trying bigger and bigger. Although, I think, like, the high teens to the low 20s at Agnes is probably the most fun uh, for Blossom Bar. Yeah. 
But what well, what was it at the last time uh, you ran out of the high water? Was uh, it bigger or smaller? So it was the water was higher. Um, the first time I had done it, I did it at like twenty thousand, and then this last time it was closer to thirty thousand in Agnes, and so there was a little more water at Blossom that time or this last time that I did it. Um, and the water being a little bit lower at Blossom, it makes it wild because some of those rocks are just like right on the surface, creating just crazy features. Yeah. But I don't know. I want to run the road, at all the different flows to be completely honest. I know me too. Uh, that seems like a really cool experience to see the Canyon that, you know, so well, at like five to a, th- a th- one thousand to like five thousand, and just then, like that's how you know it as, and then seeing it at like almost double or triple that um, would be wild. For sure. Well, I mean, you know, you just got to take a little time off your ski gig, uh, and you got to be here in like January, February, because that's when it normally happens. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to make a trip up there and do that. And I also want to uh, run the Illinois, which I think I've already missed. Uh, maybe. Uh, we ran it at five fifty in Kirby. So, I mean, it's you can run it at pretty low levels, and that and we were in rafts, so you know. Okay. Yeah. There's always it's... time. Yeah. It's hard saying not knowing, you know? It sure is. It sure do be. (laughs) All right, Kevin. It was good talking with you. Um, Can't wait for you to get back out here to Oregon so we can start boating together, bud. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, It was nice to talk to you, Micah. All right, well, say goodbye to everybody on the podcast. All right, everybody, it's nice to hear from you, or I guess it's nice for you to hear from me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I hope everybody is staying frosty out there. Yee-hee. Yee-hee. <laughs> Later. All right, bye.